Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I trust you are doing well, you and your house. And uh, yesterday we were talking about what Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit to his disciples. Jesus talk, spoke to his disciples in depth and in quite a bit of detail about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so we are going to continue with that. And But before I go into that, I want to share a little testimony with you that I believe is going to bless you. And this is uh, from a crusade I did some years ago in Malawi. Actually, I have this testimony on uh, on video and I put it up on Facebook uh, some time back. But anyway, this is what happened. There was this little boy who was 13 years of age and he had been born with a, some kind of growth or tumor in his brain. And because of that, he had never been able to speak, never uttered a sound or a word in his entire life. And so he was born mute. Uh, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I believe this tumor was in a certain spot on his brain that actually controlled his speech. And so what happened when I began to pray over the crowd, God touched that little boy and his uh, his. Uh, you know, that tumor disappeared and he began to speak. And it was the most amazing thing because uh, his mother was so excited. She brought her son up on the platform and she said, Pastor, this, my son, he has never spoken his entire life and now he's talking. I said, uh, how old is, she, uh, is he? And uh, she says, he's 13 years old. I said, what was wrong with him? And she said, well, uh, we, he couldn't speak. We took him to the doctors and the doctors checked him out and they said that he had, a, he had some kind of tumor or growth in his brain since birth and uh, which was inoperable because if they tried to operate it, it could kill him. And so the, the thing was inoperable and so he has never spoken his whole life and now he's speaking. So uh, I, I began to check the boy. I, I gave the microphone to him. I said, um, you know, the one, two, three, four, Jesus. And he said everything. And then I asked the, the mother, I said, uh, ask him his name. So ask him to say his name. And she, uh, his name was Junior. That's the name they had given him. And so anyway, she asked him, what is your name? And he said, Junior. And the moment he said, Junior, the crowd went completely crazy uh, because many people, uh, they, they knew the family, they, they, you know, they knew this little boy, knew the family. So it was a you know, wonderful story. And uh, uh, I've, I've seen things like this over the years. I mean, I've been, uh, uh, I've been preaching the gospel for 44 years, but uh, I got, I've been in, in Pentecost for 40 years. 40 years ago, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and sorry, that changed everything because spiritual ministry is a ministry uh, of the gospel full of signs, wonders, and miracles. God performing, uh, you know, watching over his word to perform it and God confirming his word with signs falling. So there's so many, so many, many testimonies like this. And I would like to um, you know, try to share at least one little story with you every day. So anyway, now we are, we are talking about Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit and we ended in the middle of a point, but I would like to uh, repeat the last uh, point again. It says in John 16 verses 7 to 15, it says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. That means expedient means necessary. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, look, I'm telling you the truth. It is necessary for you that I go away. 
because the disciples loved him so much. They were so attached to Jesus. They didn't want him to go. But he says, but I must go because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the parakletos, that means the one who stands alongside, he's not going to come. But if I go, I will send him to you. So uh, the implication was that the Holy Spirit was, of course, he was in Jesus. But, you know, when Jesus went up to heaven and took his place at the right hand of the Father, he would send down the Holy Spirit. Because since he was in heaven, he didn't need to be filled with the Holy Spirit anymore, but we needed the Holy Spirit. In other words, what Jesus was promising was that the same Holy Spirit that lived in him and worked miracles through him, because if you remember, as I said yesterday, Jesus could not do any miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon him. So what Jesus was saying, he had said in John chapter 14, verse 12, that he who believes in me steadfastly shall do the same things that I do and even greater things than these because I go unto the Father. So what he meant was that these miracles I do, they, I do those through the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to heaven and once I go to the Father and take my place at the right hand of the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. So you will have the same spirit that I have. And because you will have the same Holy Spirit that I have and the same spirit that that indwells me will indwell you, you will be able to do the same things that I do. Hallelujah. What a what a privilege it is for us to be bearers and carriers of the Holy Spirit. So that is why it is it is important that we make room for the Holy Spirit and 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 uh, and you know because the Holy Spirit will become His temple and uh, and 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 God God the third person of the Godhead He wants to dwell in a in a clean temple. That is why it is important that we cleanse our mind and body from anything that is unholy and profane. And since we uh, you know, we are we are still in the process of growth and in our lives there is a mix of the holy and the profane because the worldly, uh, you know, and uh, and the supernatural. And so the more we live in, uh, you know, in uh, in this, um, how do you say, striving after holiness and and purity and this desire to please God the more room we prepare for the Holy Spirit now what I'm saying is that we are already made righteous by faith righteous by the blood of Jesus by faith but in the natural there's still plenty of room of for improvement in in our lives because the thing is that this thing is about faith faith is actually possessing something by faith uh, you know by uh, possessing its fullness by faith yet at the same time we are still in the process of growth that's the paradoxical thing about faith that we 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 possess the righteousness of God yet we strive after righteousness we are made perfect in Christ Jesus and yet the Bible tells us be ye perfect as the father is perfect so we we possess these attributes uh, in the in the spirit but we still that you know that is the direction we move to to have more and more of these uh, you know in manifestation through our life so that is uh, that that is why we must make room for the holy spirit in our rooms in our hearts because if you remember when the holy spirit came upon jesus at the river jordan if you remember the voice that came from heaven the father said this is my son in whom i'm well pleased and so i believe 
the father looks at us and when the father looks at us and he sees that we are pleasing to him not in perfection in the flesh because that way nobody can please God we cannot please God by perfection in the flesh but we please God by our faith and by our faith is that like Abraham it was his faith that made him righteous and that faith uh, by which we you know we are accepted by God is firstly that we accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ through which we are already made righteous and through which we are already holy and blameless and perfect in his sight and at the same time our high hearts press forward and strive to take a hold more and more of the attributes and the character of Jesus that makes us more and more like him. I hope you understand what I'm saying. That's the two prongs of faith that we already possess it and yet at the same time we strive after it. Hallelujah. So uh, it is that, you know, that stand of faith in, in possessing the righteousness of God by faith and at the same time striving after it those are the things that make room for the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants to come and he is holy. He's the third person of the Godhead and he wants to dwell in us. And Jesus says, I will send him to you. And when we receive him by faith and we walk with God with pure hearts. And if we ever slip up, we are quick to make things right with God. And we and, and you know, we, 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 we walk in the consciousness of the fact that Jesus has made us righteous and acceptable to God. God. So what happens is that uh, that kind of faith God looks at and he looks at you and he says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Hallelujah. So never forget that it is not our fleshly perfection that makes us acceptable to God, that makes that pleases God, because that is something nobody can attain. But it is the righteousness which we embrace by faith and then our daily walk in which we continuously strive and, and, and to be more like Jesus. And that is the greatest desire and drive of our hearts to be more like Jesus. And anytime we see anything in our life that falls short of that, we are quick to repent and to make things right and to walk in fellowship and in faith with Jesus. Amen. So, um, so he says the Holy Spirit, but when I depart, I'm going to send him to you. And then in verse 12, it says, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit, he will guide us into all truth for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak for he shall show you things to come. So we, we talked about that yesterday uh, that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. And that is because the full revelation of the New Testament had not given had been not been given yet. And that's the whole truth he's talking about. And but the things that Jesus has already said, those are the things he shall he shall remind us and then he shall show us things to come. And then it says, verse 14, he shall glorify me for he shall receive of me and shall show it unto you. So the Holy Spirit came to glorify Jesus. Now, uh, earlier on, I showed you another scripture. It says the, where it says that the Holy Spirit shall testify of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit shall testify of Jesus. He shall speak of Jesus. And here it says that the Holy Spirit shall glorify of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, as I said earlier, 
He came only to glorify Jesus, not to glorify a man, not to glorify a man's ministry. He came to point only to Jesus. And that's a yardstick we must apply in our own lives. Anytime God uses you, remember, my friend, the first thing you should do is to give all the glory, the honor and the praises to Jesus alone. And the second thing, make sure everybody who has witnessed God use you, that you point to Jesus and say, this is because of Jesus alone and because of his grace alone. It is very important that we are, we are very, very meticulous about this, that we always point to Jesus and give always all the glory, honor and praise to Jesus Christ, because without him, we are nothing, but thank God that we are not without him. We are in Christ, but we should still remember that it is he who does these things through us and that it is a privilege to be used by God. So he says, he shall glorify of me. He shall glorify me, Jesus said, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Then it says, all things that the father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So Jesus is the heir of God. Everything that belongs to the father belongs to Jesus. But here comes the good news. The Bible says we are also joint heirs with Christ. We are also joint heirs with Christ. That means everything that belongs to the Father belongs to Jesus and through Jesus we have access to them also. Now let us go to the next point and that is the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Now you know I'm going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit later on but uh, there are when the Holy you see man encounters the Holy Spirit at four levels. These are the four dimensions or the four levels at which um, in which man encounters the Holy Spirit. The first level at which we encounter the Holy Spirit, it called conviction. Conviction, that's the number one level at which we encounter the Holy Spirit. And that happens before we are saved. Conviction is when we become deeply aware and gripped by our need for personal salvation. To be convicted by the Holy Spirit is when we become deeply aware of our sin and our need of salvation and we become gripped by the Holy Spirit with our need for personal salvation. And John 16 verse 8, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, and when he shall come, he shall reprove the world or convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Conviction reveals the gospel and it leads to saving faith. That is the first time you ever heard the gospel. Now, I don't know how it happened to you, but this is how it happened to me. I had never seen a Bible, never set foot in a church. Never, I didn't know anything about Christianity. Nobody had ever shared the gospel with me, but I met this guy on the street and he began to talk to me about Jesus. That was the first time I heard about, about Jesus. So when he began to talk about Jesus, and he began to say that Jesus Christ could come, if I invited him, he could come and live in my heart and set me free. I just don't understand the how or what, I still can't, but something gripped my heart. And at that moment, uh, I can't you know, intellectually explain it, but something gripped my heart and made me deeply aware of my need to be forgiven my sin, and, and, and that I needed this Jesus. I can't describe it because until then I was pretty, you know, I was, I was suicidal, but at the same time, 
um, I wasn't looking for any God. I, I was quite proud. I thought I messed up. Okay, but this is it, what it is. And I was not receiving a lifeline from anybody in, in that sense. But then when this young man began to tell me about Jesus, I was suddenly gripped by something that said to me, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. I need this Jesus. I need Jesus. This is my only chance. This is my only hope. That is conviction. Conviction is a work of the Holy Spirit upon a man's heart or a woman's heart, making that person aware of his state and his need for personal salvation. Conviction reveals the gospel and it leads to saving faith. Now, conviction can come upon a person only if the gospel is preached to them. It is not a question of convincing anybody or scaring somebody or whatever, but it is a totally, totally a work of the Holy Spirit. And unless a person has convicted in his heart, you know, it's really uh, the, the Holy Spirit grips him and, 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 and makes aware, brings alive in him his need to be salvation. A person cannot be saved because nobody can, you know, can be saved because of his own, you know, it's, there's, there's, there's nothing that anybody can work up, but this has to be a, a work of the Holy Spirit. And it is a totally, it is totally, totally the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost does this when he works with the word. When you share the word of God with somebody, the Holy Spirit goes to work upon that person's heart and he brings that person's heart to conviction. Uh, Jesus said, he said, no, no man can come to me unless the father draws him. And that drawing when the father, you know, the Lord puts his, his hook in that person's jaw and drags him to himself. That is conviction. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's the first encounter you and I ever had with the Holy Spirit. It's called conviction. Now, the second encounter with the Holy Spirit is called regeneration. Regeneration. John 3 verses 5 and 6. It says, except a man be born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that is, which is born of the spirit is spirit. Regeneration. Like when you're born in the natural, you're born of the flesh. But when you're born again, you are born of the spirit of the spirit of God. He says that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit. And he's talking about the spirit of God. Born of the spirit is spirit. So after conviction comes regeneration. And in Titus 3.5, it says he saved us, not because of, I'm reading this from the Amplified, this verse too, because it expounds it a little bit more clearly. He saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but because of his own pity and mercy by the cleansing of the new birth and renewing by the Holy Spirit. So this tells us that Jesus saved us, not because of works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own mercy by the cleansing of the new birth and renew, regeneration or renewing by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is very much uh, an active participant when a person gets saved. So this is what happens when someone shares the gospel with a sinner, the Holy Spirit goes to work upon that person, revealing the gospel to them and revealing to him his need for salvation. And then he, he gets convicted. He surrenders his life to Jesus. And then when he actually takes the step and receives Jesus, surrenders himself to Jesus, 
Then the Holy Spirit comes in another time with this work of regeneration. And that regeneration is what salvation is. It is when a person is regenerated, his spirit is born again. The third encounter with the Holy Spirit we have is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is, is empowerment for service. That is what it is. When someone is baptized with the Holy Ghost, that is empowerment to serve God. And Acts 19 verse 2 and 6, is, uh, this is when, uh, when uh, Paul met some, so it says they were disciples. And uh, look, look at this encounter in Acts chapter 19 verses 2 and 6. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, with which should come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul had laid his hands on them, upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So these were people who were followers of John the Baptist and they were baptized into repentance to John. And then, then they were baptized into Christ. It's interesting that they were baptized, uh, you know, unto the baptism of John. Now they were baptized in Jesus Christ. And after they were baptized in the name of Jesus, then Paul laid his hands on them and then they were baptized with the Holy Ghost. So it's interesting that uh, water baptism in this, you know, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit were not the same thing. I'm saying this because some people, I know certain denominations believe that when you're baptized in water, you're also baptized with the Holy Ghost. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. Uh, because this is when, when you're baptized in water, you're baptized into Christ. But when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit and here it says there are two separate things because they were baptized in water and into, you know, in the name of the Lord Jesus. But then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit when Paul laid his hands upon them, a totally different action. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is our third encounter with the Holy Spirit. And that is empowerment for service. And then in Acts 1, 8, it says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. Then in, uh, let's see, uh, then the fourth encounter we have with the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. The first one is conviction. The second one is regeneration or the new birth. Third one is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the fourth encounter, the fourth level of encounter we have the Holy Spirit is the ongoing infilling with the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians 5.18, it says, And be not drunk with wine wherein, in, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So here he's actually, uh, he's comparing drunkenness with wine to being filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's saying that don't be drunk with wine. That means don't drink alcohol to excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I want to focus on this word uh, filled. 
when when uh, in Ephesians Paul says be filled with the spirit the word filled here in the Greek is a present day continuous verb in which indicates continual everyday infilling so uh, as opposed to a one-time infilling when he says don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the Holy Spirit it doesn't mean like he's not talking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit because he is speaking to the church in Ephesus and these were believers who were already baptized with the Holy Spirit but he's saying that be filled with the Holy Spirit that is a present day continuous verb which means that after you get baptized with the Holy Spirit there is a uh, there is a there is another kind of infilling which has to go on the rest of your life perpetually every single day that you get filled with the Holy Spirit being filled with the Spirit every day when you have encounters with the Holy Spirit and God fills you and I believe it is in Psalm 90 it says uh, it says that um, I shall be anointed with fresh oil and I shall have the strength of a of a wild ox. So there's a there's a fresh anointing. There's a fresh infilling. And this is something we should be seeking every day. That is our fourth level of encounter with the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit in the days of the charismatic movement, uh, we used to talk about the second blessing, like the first blessing was salvation. The second blessing was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I remember a friend of mine was asked, he says, do you believe in the second blessing? Because that was the discussion. Many people say, no, no, there's no such thing as a second blessing, you know, but uh, which is they were opposed to the teaching on baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this friend of mine, he was asked, do you believe in the second blessing? He says, oh yeah, I believe in the first blessing. I believe in the second blessing. I believe in the third blessing. I believe in the fourth blessing. He says, I'm saved. I'm baptized with the Holy Ghost. And every day I am anointed with fresh oil. God fills me with this Holy Ghost every day. And that is what I'm talking about. So here it is the present tense, it's a present tense continuous verb where Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means every single day there is a fresh anointing for the believer. We don't, we you know, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit 40 years ago, but for every day in the past 40 years, God fills me every day. Day by day, he blesses me and fills me with the Holy Spirit. I ask Holy Spirit, please come upon me and fill me with your presence. And the Holy Spirit comes on me and I begin to worship in tongues and I begin to praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your hand upon my life. So refresh in filling. And the Bible says in Psalms, as I said earlier, I shall be a anointed with fresh oil. There's a fresh anointing every day, fresh anointing for the believer. So the first, the four kinds of encounters we have with the Holy Ghost, the first one is conviction. When we are unbelievers, we hear the gospel and, and we get convicted uh, uh, of our need for salvation and we come to Jesus and we, you know the Holy Spirit reveals the gospel to us and he makes us aware of our need for salvation. The second step is regeneration. When we come to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is active in us and he, he, he gives us the new birth, that is his work. And the third thing is the baptism with the Holy Ghost, which is empowerment for service. And the fourth level of, the, of our encounter with the Holy Ghost, it's not just one encounter, it's an ongoing continual thing every single day. 
in the present tense, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, He just fills us and fills us and fills us and fills us. And the anointing with fresh oil, it's an ongoing process in our lives that enables us to walk with Jesus and walk in revelation and walk in His power every day. Praise God. We will continue tomorrow and uh, we'll talk about how Jesus promises the Holy Ghost and He ties the gift of the Holy Ghost to the Great Commission. So we will talk about that. But let's pray for right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my friends, pray for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for your hands upon them. I thank you for your saving life. I thank you for your blessing upon every family, every home that hears my voice. Father, in the name of Jesus, if there be any sickness or disease in their house, I curse it. I break its power in Jesus' name. And Father, I speak life and health to everybody who hears me. Use them mightily for your glory. Anoint them, Father. Be glorified in, in their lives and through them in the lives of others. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.